What is up, everybody? Welcome to the 4 from Formula 1 podcast with the Austrian GP preview. As always, I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com. And just a reminder, as always, we are brought to you by Run the Sims. We use Run the Sims for all of our Formula One projections and optimal rates. Go over to runthesims.com. If you sign up for a free account, you will get access to all of the formula one projections over there they should be updated shortly uh we use that for the basis of all of our analysis here and uh let's just jump right into it a very interesting week as always with these sprint weeks um sometimes a little confusing sometimes people forget that qualifying uh is a day early we had a really crazy sprint race today uh let's look at the results the starting grid after um a penalty to botas after alonzo not getting off the grid to start uh pretty chalky up top for Stappen, uh up front with leclerc on the front row with him signs and russell starting three four sergio working his way up from 13th to start fifth then we got ocon uh two uh haas cars starting in the top nine hamilton with a bit of a rough day and then we have McLaren on the verge of uh, two-point starts. Norris 10th, Ricardo 11th. That's going to be a fun team to navigate this week. Stroll starts way ahead of Vettel. Stroll starting 12th. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu starting way ahead of Botas, as I mentioned, Botas with that penalty. Uh, two AlphaTauri drivers, kind of uh, a tough day. Gasly starting 14th, Sonoma starting 16th. And then we got um, the Williams drivers, Albon little bit of a penalty uh, there. Dropped him down to 15th after I believe he finished 12th. Latifi at 17th, benefiting from uh, the penalty to Botas and the 19th place start for Alonso after not getting off the grid there. So that is the uh, grid that we're going to be working with. Um, salaries are pretty close to what we have, have seen the last few races uh, where you can't fit the uh, the the Max Red Bull Charles lineups in if you have Max in your captain and Red Bull in your uh, constructor but for the most part we're going to see a, a lot of combos of Max Red Bull with kind of just the cheap guys and with these big gaps in these teammate starts uh, you know like the the Alpine the Alfa Romeo uh, we're going to see some some really big ownership percentages on a few guys but there are some spots that we can't get contrarian so um, let's go ahead and, and just jump into the DFS analysis as I said we're still waiting for uh, the run the sims projections and optimal rates but one thing that we have been looking at is the uh, simulations from Sam Hoppin. He has uh, ratings for uh, win percentage, uh, podium percentage, top six, and top ten percentages. And they've actually run pretty close to what we've seen at Run the Sims. So for now, we can use them as a basis of um, kind of a jumping off point of how we are going to navigate um, this slate. And before we go team by team, just look at the biggest values in terms of salary versus the starting grid position. We have both Haas drivers uh, as very good values. Magnussen starting uh, seventh with the 16th highest salary. Schumacher starting ninth with the 17th highest salary. And then on the flip side, Alonso, as I mentioned, all the way down at 19th with the 8th highest salary. Botas down at 20th with the 9th highest salary. Um, as I mentioned, you can't afford the max captain. Red Bull Constructor, Charles Driver combo, um, but you you can fit a lot of other 
expensive things. So let's go team by team as we always do and just talk about how we're going to navigate um, these teammate matchups, which has kind of been the basis of our analysis all season. So starting with Alpine, Alonso at 7,000 uh, starting 19th and Ocon 5,800 starting six. So the obvious thing here is that Ocon is going to be one of the most popular, if not the most popular mid salary driver. He has um, a huge gap over Alonzo, obviously starting 13 grid places ahead of him. So we're going to get huge ownership on Ocon and the salary difference is enough where it's going to give us some pause to automatically play in Alonzo as a contrarian play. But what we have seen in the past from these spots where a driver with a car that has some pace or um, suffers a, a grid penalty. In this case, Alonzo didn't have a penalty, but couldn't get off the grid. We actually seen it with Ocon a few races ago. You do have a lot of move up the grid equity. Um, and in a week where there is going to be just a lot of overlap in lineups where there aren't a lot of obvious pivots, I do think you can make the case for Alonzo um, as a driver that, you know, if he gets into the points and Ocon has an issue, you're going to get low salary. Um, you're going to get a lot of move up the grid, grid equity, even if he only finishes, um, you know, say 11th, like at $7,000, we prefer him to get some points, but that mid salary range is, is kind of tricky. Everyone's going to play Ocon and, and as we'll get to it, um, you know, probably, probably wrestle a lot, but it's, it's a tricky spot, but he kind of makes sense in, super chalky lineups like if you have a any lineup with max as your captain red bull as your constructor and then say george russell who's going to be crazy popular um alonzo can can make sense off of russell as a pivot just to save salary and get a super loan guy that has probably the most move up the grid equity uh on the slate so I think having some exposure to alonzo could probably be one of the keys to to getting unique obviously he's not going to project well but again, low ownership, move up the grid. That's something we've seen be very successful on these slates. Um, Aston Martin, this one is pretty cut and dry. We, we always talk about good chalk versus bad chalk. Vettel at $5,000 starting 18th. Stroll at 4200 starting 12th. The problem with this spot is you're not getting huge salary savings if you go to Vettel. Like Sometimes if we have a, a driver that that's starting... Uh, a little bit ahead of his teammate, but the teammate offers salary savings. It makes sense to to take that contrarian play. So Vettel's $800 more than Stroll, basically in the same salary tier. So you're not really getting a, um, a, a lineup adjustment by switching to him. You're not mixing up your lineup a ton. And unlike Alonzo, Vettel doesn't have a car that we can expect to move up the grid a ton without a, a ton of stuff going right like he just hasn't had the, the same pace as an alpine car now alonzo has had a lot of problems but we've seen the aston martin just struggle uh quite a bit so this is probably if we're talking about good chalk bad chalk i i don't think vettel is a place i want to get contrarian a ton um now on the slate like this you, you're probably going to sprinkle him in if you're if you're maxing out 150 lineups sure maybe two or three percent of him but if you're playing a single entry or, or three max or even 20 max um i i don't think vettel makes a ton of sense unless you just have a a super chalky lineup again as i mentioned if you have some kind of uh max red bull and then like a george russell in there it, i you can make the argument that he's going to be low owned, but um, not a place that I want to go super contrarian. Uh, Alfa Romeo kind of sits in, in the middle of Alpine and Austin Martin. Alonso, we know he has moved up the grid equity. 
Vettel, not so much. Botas now starting with the penalty at 20th. Their car's been okay, but not. they haven't shown as much pace as Alpine. They haven't consistently been getting points, although Zhou Guanyu has actually been, been racing quite well lately. Um, the difference here is I think this is going to be, compared to Austin Martin, this is going to probably be as big of a gap in ownership, if not bigger, as the Alpine teammates because Zhou Guanyu starting all the way up at 13th at 3,200 compared to his teammate 6,600 at 20th. That 3,200, even if Zhou Guanyu falls back, say a spot or two doesn't get you any negative points, he's still cheap enough for that plus five for beating his teammate is going to be very valuable. So plus five plus a, a qualified or classified finish, um, that's very valuable at 3,200. However, probably comes in as the most popular cheap player on the slate. So Botas, again, similar position to Vettel and Alonso, where a little bit of, of move up the grid equity. I mean, if you look at the, the top 10 percentages on Sam's projections there, it's okay, but not as great as someone like Alonso. Now, if you are paying really close attention to those percentages there, we see kind of a a steady tear down for the drivers in terms of the top 10 percentages, but we see this weird gap in the middle for Zhou Guan Yu. So in this little chunk of drivers, Mick Schumacher, Lance Stroll, Daniel Ricardo, <clears throat> they all grade out better in terms of potential top 10 percentages than Zhou Guan Yu. So what that suggests to me is that Zhou Guan Yu is actually probably a pretty good fade given that he is paired up with a teammate that has typically performed better than him on the season, that he's priced around some drivers that have better top 10 percentages than him, and he's going to probably be the chalkiest player on the slate, it makes a lot of sense to pivot off him. Are we going to use him a ton? Sure, but it's a really, really good player or driver to have a salary pivot off of. Um, moving on to, to Alpha Tori, this is a, a really tough one. Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda both with tough uh, qualifying, tough sprint races. Gasly starting uh, at 15th at 6,200. Tsunoda 17th at 4,400. Both rate very poorly in Sam Sim ratings. And what I'm really interested to see with these two is um, how their ownership percentages come in. Because what we've seen typically in these F1 slates is that unless there is uh, some big name value to a driver, when teammate the teammate that has started ahead of his teammate has typically had much higher ownership percentages. The only difference we've really seen is like Latifi and Albon because Latifi, you've been, um, you even if Albon started way ahead of him, Latifi's been min-salary, so he just makes salaries work. In a case like this, I think, Sonoda isn't so cheap that people are just going to jam him in. A lot of the good drivers have, um, you know, a lot of the, the good salary, the low salary drivers have either um, decent starting position um, or are starting better than their teammates. So Sonoda's kind of in a no man's land. I think because Gasly's starting ahead of him, he could see higher ownership percentage. And this is a really, really good spot where I like to exploit the teammate matchup because say Gasly comes in at, I don't know, 25 26% Snuda comes in at 15% ownership. He's only starting two spots behind Snuda and you're getting a $1800 discount. So I'm really keeping an eye on what Run the Sims ownership projections come out as and if Snuda is say 10 15 20% lower projection than Gasly, then I'm jumping all over that 4400 and to get you off some of these uh 
other popular guys in similar salaries, most notably the Haas guys. I mean, you could play them together, but he also makes a really good salary pivot off of Stroll, off of the Haas drivers. Uh, again, Sonoda's not going to project better than Stroll, most likely. He's not going to project better than Magnussen, but F1 is random. We get random incidents, We, you know, um, whether it be a reliability issue or, or puncture, whatever it might be. Anything can happen. So, again, if we are looking for ways to get contrarian in our in our um chalk constructor captain lineups i think yuki snowda again if he comes in way below pierre gasly that's one i am am really trying to exploit now we're not necessarily going to just look at every single teammate and say this guy is less popular so he's the better play and haas is the perfect example kevin magnuson at four thousand dollars starting seventh Mick Schumacher, 3,800 starting ninth. Basically the same grid position, basically the same salary. So you would say, well, K-Mag starting ahead, so probably he'll be more popular. That makes Schumacher the better play. If we look at Sam's simulations, uh, it, it's really not even close. Magnussen just projects so much better than Mick Schumacher. 34% uh, for a top six versus just 6.3% for Schumacher. And then if we look at the top 10 percentages, 74% chance for Kevin Magnussen versus 43% chance for Schumacher for a top 10 finish. So both drivers starting the points. We're going to have both of them in our um, in our player pool. Obviously, they're both going to be great plays if the ownership percentages show a huge gap obviously we're going to want schumacher quite a bit but kevin magnuson playing out at least in terms of like the lower salary guys him and stroll probably the best cheap chalk on the slate if we're going to pivot off of a, a cheap chalk play it's looking like joe guan yu is, is the guy to pivot off of whereas k meg and stroll are looking like really really good chalk this week um i mentioned mclaren starting uh 11th and in, in uh, I'm sorry, 10th and 11th, um, Norris at 7,600 or Carter at 5,400. And I think there's a lot of opportunity here with McLaren. They've, they've been really inconsistent with their, with their pace, especially with their race pace. But Norris is a very sneaky play in terms of a salary pivot because we don't have a lot of salary pivots this week. Um, there, there's a lot of those cheap guys we mentioned that are, that are kind of bunched together between that like 30... 3400 and, and 4400 range but then in the the middle tier as i mentioned it's going to be ocon at 5800 who who is not really in the the range of norris and then george russell and george russell is probably going to be the most popular like the the higher tier of, of the sub 10k guys probably going to be the most popular one lando has a 23 percent chance at a top six a 76 percent at a top 10 and if you're building lineups with either Charles or Max as your captain and Red Bull or Ferrari as your constructor, a lot of lineups are just automatically going to throw Russell in there because he's so much cheaper than Hamilton. If you pivot from Russell to Lando, you're going to get lower ownership and you're going to get lower salary. And the thing about Lando that I like as a pivot off of Russell is... You can make almost the same lineup as you do with Russell, pivot to Lando, and not switch anything else because I think one of the keys to this week is going to be leaving salary on the table. It's going to be very difficult to justify 
crazy alternate captains or crazy alternate constructors this week. I mean, Red Bull's just showing so much pace up front, and it just seems like it's been uh, Max versus the two Ferrari cars all weekend. So we need to figure out ways to get really unique elsewhere in our lineup. One of the best ways to do that in F1, one of the ways we've seen either a solo finish up top in the big tournament or just like a two-way split has been when there's been one thousand to fifteen hundred dollars left on the table so many dfs players are scared to do that pivoting from russell to lando lets you do that with a relatively chalky lineup elsewhere so i'm really liking lando as a as one of my favorite contrarian plays this week and then i mentioned ricardo at 5400 he's he's again kind of in in a weird salary range um but if we go back to our discussion on someone like Zhou Guan Yu, who is going to be one of the most popular drivers, if not the most popular driver on the slate besides Max Verstappen, Ricardo actually grades out with a better top 10 percentage than Zhou Guan Yu. So if you're looking to, um, if you are maxing out your salary and not leaving salary on the table, a good way to do it is to go to a driver like Daniel Ricciardo, you're moving up in salary off of Zhou Guan Yu. Uh, but a lot of people are just going to ign- ignore Ricciardo because the perception is Norris is the better driver, which is probably true. Norris is starting ahead of him. So um, neither of them, I, I think, are going to draw super high ownership percentage, um, but they both make really good contrarian plays. I think McLaren's just a really interesting, uh, for, for the driver position this week, McLaren just makes really interesting um, contrarian plays. Uh, the next two are, are, are pretty cut and dry. Uh, it looked like Lewis Hamilton was going after after last week. Looked like maybe he was going to be back in the thick of things and just has had a really uh, rough, rough weekend in Austria. And the problem with Hamilton going back to even the beginning of the year is that at $10,200, sure, he's going to be a contrarian play because he's starting so far behind Russell. But at 10.2, you need to have podiums if not first place in your range of outcomes can things break perfectly and hamilton gets a podium maybe last week you made you could have made the argument that hamilton had a first place finish in his range of outcomes that just isn't on the board this week i mean max is just so far ahead of the field um the ferraris starting two three are just gonna have such a great opportunity to block off the rest of the field if uh if george russell or Sergio Perez can't do anything early and Hamilton's just in this really rough salary range where if you don't have that first place upside or at least podium upside, um, it's really hard to justify it. So Russell is going to be the, one of the chalkier plays as, as I mentioned, if you're building those max captain Red Bull constructor lineups, Russell's going to fit really easily into a, a lineup with some of the, the cheaper guys. So, I just don't know how you play Hamilton outside of maybe a couple of lineups. Um, maybe a, a, if you're playing a Hamilton with a, a Mercedes constructor, if you, if you think Mercedes can just do very well in, in, in case there is chaos, in case Red Bull has some reliability issues, and, and we've seen the Ferraris battling. Um, even today, they, they were kind of battling, and, and when they shouldn't have been, probably should have been more concerned with Charles chasing Max. Um, chaos can ensue, but I, I just don't see how you justify the 10.2 for Hamilton. And Russell is kind of been our MVP this year, so we're not taking him off the board. He's probably, 
you know, good chalk. We just have to be very cognizant that if we are playing him, we're probably taking on one of the most popular players. So I don't think I want to be pairing, uh, say, Russell and Zhou Guan Yu together in a Max Red Bull lineup. Um, that's just taking on a, a lot of a, a lot of really high ownership percentage. So be cognizant of that if you are playing Russell this week. And then Williams, it's it's pretty much been the same every, every week. Um, Latifi did have a couple races where he finished ahead of Albon, but Albon's pretty consistently started ahead of Latifi, finished ahead of Latifi. You're pretty much playing Albon for his his plus five against Latifi. And then Latifi is just always going to get some ownership because at that $3,000 salary, uh, he's just going to let you be very, very flexible in how you build your lineup. So even though Albon is probably going to project much better when the run, the Sims scores come out, Latifi is going to draw ownership because he's so cheap. So I wouldn't say either of these guys are great chalk or bad chalk. They'll be like right in the middle of, of, uh, Ownership projections, um, they're going to do a lot to make our lineups work. So they're kind of fill-in pieces that that both have um, plus five upside. Albon has a little bit of top 10 upside, but Williams hasn't looked very good. He would need something crazy to happen. So I'm kind of doing what I've done all year with Williams and depending on the lineup, depending on my, my salary needs, um, just using it for... Uh, to manipulate salary, you're not really manipulating ownership percentages with Albon or or Latifi, but they're both cheap. They both make lineups work, so um, that, that's kind of the way I'm thinking about Williams. So to just kind of recap the team by team, I, I think the good shock this week is Magnuson, Stroll, and Russell. Um, they're all in pretty strong positions. That they, they, again, obviously we're not playing. I, if you're playing three backs, you could play 100%. But if you are playing um, if you are playing, you know, 150 max, you're, you're not going to be, um, you're not going, you're not going to be playing hundred percent of these guys, but I think being overweight on K max, Stroll and Russell, and, and then, uh, getting the contrarian pieces around, whether it be, you know, the, um, the Alonzo's or, or the, um, the Sonotas, Norris's using those guys to offset the, the high ownership of K max, Stroll and Russell, but, um, but definitely, uh, like those guys as chalk. Um, David asked if I'm concerned with Joe being overly cautious after last week. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm concerned about him being overly cautious. I'm, I'm concerned that uh, he's starting um, 13th where his car probably isn't as good as a couple of the cars around him. I, as I mentioned, I, I think both of them, Clarence, have a, a really good shot at having good races this week. Um, and then he's also a couple spots behind the Haas. So for him to actually get points this week, um, I, I think it's pretty unlikely you're, you're playing him as mega chalk and you're, you're basically banking on a plus five because Botas is starting 20th, but Botas starting 20th because of penalties, not because he's had the worst car. So I, I think there's a really good chance that Joe Guanyu just sets up as, a, a very big downside play. He has a lot of negative points in his range of outcomes, finishing behind Botas and then dropping down the grid, which I think is, is very likely. I, I even think both the Alpha Tories have a chance of catching him. So maybe that's the case, but he's just in a really real, like there's a lot of downside, even though he's only 3,200 with the ownership, there's just a lot of downside to playing Jogo on you this week. Um, one thing that I've, I've really liked to do when I'm going into, uh, these discussions with you guys is 
talk about lineups that are most likely going to be duped uh, in Formula One. I don't play every single sport, but with showdown, um, with so much overlap, with the variance, I just don't think there's any reason unless you're playing a you know if you're playing a 50 50 a double up cash games sure you could play these very obvious lineups but if you're playing the if you're playing the grand prix if you're playing the 100k um prize pool tournament there's no point to be playing the obvious dupe lineups we're playing it it fits chops 300 times or whatever you're playing for a couple hundred dollars there's no you're wasting money playing that lineup we're playing to get unique first places you're not this isn't a sport where you're going to be profitable every single week but we're gonna get really really big spikes when we're right so lineups that stand out to me a lineup like max captain albon russell magnuson strolls drivers and red bull as your constructor that lineup's going to be duped like crazy basically the same lineup swap in Guan Yu, max captain Guan Yu, albon Kevin Magnuson and George Russell as drivers with a Red Bull constructor. That lineup's going to be duped a ton. Like take that out. There's, unless you're playing a cash game, take that out of out of your lineup. It's just going to be duped a ton. Sure, you'll get a first place, but you're you're gonna you're you're just not going to win that much money. It doesn't make sense. There's no reward. And then the the obvious alternate um, constructor lineup with Max, Max, Albon. Signs, Schumacher, Stroll, Ferrari constructor. That's a very obvious pivot off of Red Bull. Those three lineups are going to be duped a ton. Sure, if they hit, they hit. But like, you know, if you're playing 150 lineups and you feel like you must play, you know, it's three out of 150, but you're still just playing for a chop with those lineups. So I don't have those lineups in my pool. If they hit, I don't care. I don't. I think it was two races ago. I didn't have the the like the obvious chalk. It hit. I don't care. I'm taking the loss every time in those weeks. We're chasing the big spike weeks if we're playing Formula One um, DFS. So we don't have ownership projections out yet at Run the Sims, but we can make a. We, we have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be based on the grid position, the salaries. We, we've been able to track these things pretty, pretty uh, accurately. So we have a pretty good idea of where we want to exploit captain driver um, combos and where we want to exploit driver ownership. So I, I think the big thing about this week is with it being so obvious who the front runners are, um, you know, the top four or five of the grid, everyone's going to mix in Max, Red Bull, Charles, Ferrari, Captain, and, and, and Constructor lineups. And I think this week, it's not a week to get super cute at Captain and Constructor. Like, the, you obviously can throw, you know, I, th- I think like a, a George Russell uh, Captain um, Mercedes um, constructor like if you have a couple of those lineups sure it makes sense to have some you want to give yourself some outs but for the most part I think this week is going to be about taking really really big swings on our drivers um, and, and fading some of the most popular guys so I think if you're taking a big swing on a Lando if you're taking a big swing on an Alonzo or a Botas I think that's really how you're going to separate yourself from the field because Lando as I mentioned he's going to be a contrarian play off of russell if you just pivot straight off of russell and lineups that you build with russell it's going to let you leave salary on the table where alonzo and botas gives you that move up the grid upside and then if something happens to their teammate their point upside is 
as high as maybe somebody that is, you know, finishing fourth just because they can get that move up the grid plus the plus five. Um, and then if they get in the points even more. So their point upside, Alonzo and Botas, is huge. Their projection, obviously not going to be great because of where they're starting. But if we're thinking about differentiating and building upside, they just make a ton of sense to use in our lineup. And and then I think sprinkling the AlphaTauri guys in as well um, makes a lot of sense. I already mentioned the drivers that I think are good chalk. As far as my captain and constructor, I think it's a really, really good week to um, have some alternate construct, or I shouldn't say alternate, but have some teams that don't necessarily stack your captain with your constructor. The obvious one is probably going to be Max with Signs as a driver and Ferrari as your constructor and then build some unique pieces around it um that seems like the best alternate captain constructor build to me this week uh you, you if you're going to do say a a charles driver ferrari um constructor lineup you can't fit max so you that that lineup makes sense with a perez captain in it but every single week people are are mixing and matching their red bull drivers Red Bull constructor, Ferrari drivers, Ferrari constructor. So most combinations of those teams are going to make sense to some extent. Um, but I think the signs Ferrari stack with Max the captain makes a lot of sense. And then throw in a couple contrarian pieces. Uh, I, I think that lineup has a, a really good shot. So many people are going to play Max with Red Bull because that's just what people do. I, I think I'll probably end up being, I, I don't know what Max is captain percentage will come in as i would guess somewhere in the th high 30s which we we've seen when when we had the dominant drivers um i'll probably be overweight on that and then just try to get unique elsewhere in my driver spots and then probably about 15 percent leclerc captain um and then five to ten percent for the other red bull and ferrari drivers with um with a sprinkle uh, uh, of george russell and then if you're playing 150 max i mean you know, you're going to throw in your, um, you're going to throw in your Ocons a couple times. You're going to throw in your, um, your Haas drivers a couple times, uh, a, a, you know, like a, a Haas, a Haas captain, um, Haas constructor with a Charles and Max as a driver. That's a really good strategy to be unique. The upside that comes from that captain constructor spot is almost always going to outweigh those lineups. But again, if you're playing, 150 lineups i think you know five lineups where you have max and charles as your drivers with alternate captain constructors it just makes sense um just for for some crazy scenarios but it's not something we're going to be doing a ton another thing that i think is very interesting this week i've kind of said it every single race and it hasn't hit yet but this might be a good week for it because it's really hard to justify getting away from max charles Red Bull, Ferrari, a double stack. We haven't seen a double stack hit yet, but there's a lot of upside in it. So an example of that would be something like Max Captain, Red Bull Constructor, and then something like two Haas drivers together, K-Mag with Schumacher, and then pair them with an Albon and a Norris. I think that's a really interesting... You have very chalky guys in terms of Max and Red Bull, K-Mag, Schumacher, and Albon, but 
that combination probably is going to be used a lot because a lot of people aren't double stacking and the Norris gives you a contrarian aspect to it. I think it leaves a couple bucks of salary on the table. So something like that, I think, can be a very good, unique combo. And then just leaving salary on the table. I, I think it's the, the easiest way to be contrarian is leave a thousand to 14 just like blindly leave a thousand to 1400 on the table in a bunch of your lineups um the thing about f1 every week is like plant a couple flags a couple whether it's the contrarian plays i mentioned or a contrarian plays that you like and just be really overweight on them um it's obviously impossible to predict reliability issues or crashes and the way to take advantage of that chaos is to just plant your flags on on a couple contrarian guys uh and, and be really really overweight on them be unique with your the the captain constructors that i mentioned um but but i i don't think this is a week that we need to go crazy on the alternate captain constructor get unique with your drivers Plant flags on a couple contrarian drivers, leave salary on the table, and you'll give yourself a, a chance to separate um, from the field. Uh, every week we've gone over um, some combo of underdog uh, betting, price picks. Because we had so many um, uh, drivers having to talk to the stewards and, and grid penalties and us trying to wait on the grid, uh, we have we don't have anything up on underdogs yet in terms of f1 lines so i'll be around for a couple more hours so if you're in the four for four discord hit me up um and i'll I'll see when they go up if anything looks good but there are a couple on prize picks and these move really really quickly so uh, again if you're listening now click these now because they can move uh really quickly but we mentioned how much we like lando as a contrarian play how much he's rating how well he's rating in sam hoppins projections the over-under on price picks is Lando, one and a half points. I like the over one and a half fantasy points. Um, so that's basically a ninth place or better finish. Uh, pit stops has been something we've been really good at lately. Williams has been one of the slower teams in turn, terms of pit stops. They have the line at 2.85 seconds for their first pit stop. So over on either Latifi or Albon for their first pit stop. And then we always kind of get this free square laps led, whether it be price picks or um, underdog right now, they have Russell as the, as 0.5 laps led. I mean the under on that, throw that into any of your price pick tickets. And I like that. So price picks Lando over one and a half points, either Williams driver over on their first pit stop. Russell under 0.5 laps led is going to be a a really good ticket for me. That about does it uh, for this edition of the, Austrian Grand Prix preview. Uh, we got a very early race. If you're on my time, 6 a.m. on the West Coast, 9 a.m. on the East Coast. So uh, make sure you get up to uh, tweak your lineups if you need to. I'll be around in the 444 Discord uh, for the next few hours to answer any questions. Back in two weeks with the French Grand Prix preview. And as always, remember to check out Run the Sims when those projections go up today. Sign up for a free sub at Run the Sims, and you'll get access to all of those F1 projections and optimal rates. If you have not signed up for 4 for 4 or for Underdog yet, you can get a free DFS subscription at 4 for 4 if you deposit at least $10 into an Underdog Fantasy account using the promo code 4 for 4 And you'll also get a bonus deposit match up to $100. Again, you must be a new Underdog user. Uh, sign up for the link in the description. That'll get you access to our Discord that I just mentioned. And also, Underdog is running the Best Ball Mania 3 tournament, which is uh, the biggest Best Ball tournament in history. And we are doing a ton on that so please make sure you check that out if you're watching on the youtube please um 
like the video, please subscribe to our channel. If you're listening, uh, please give us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. And as always, be sure to follow us. 444 is at 444 football. All the most important betting stuff for BetSports is at BetSports Golf. Check out Run the Sims at Run the Sims. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Talk to you guys. Next week.